Warning, the following show contains explicit language. Certain people should not listen to this show, such as children and panty-waist adults who cry like 12-year-old little girls when they hear profanity. Welcome back, my friends. It's a pleasure to be here. This is the Dr. Reality Podcast, and if you're new, I'm Dave Champion. Today, I want to discuss the scam of social media fact-checking. Now, why is that important? Now, you might be saying, oh, I know it's a scam, but, but there's more to it than that. And let me briefly explain, and then we'll get into the guts of the issue. The fact-checking done by these fact-checkers, otherwise known as boneheads, the fact-checking is then what the social media platform uses to silence people trying to bring out alternative points of view. Now, I'm going to share with you my construct. Yours may be different. When I'm on a social media platform, I do not, I absolutely 1,000% do not want the social media platform to decide what material I get exposed to. When I'm on a social media platform, I want to see everything. It may go from all the way over here, the most credible, to the biggest pile of crap ever that's utter nonsense. But I want to be the one to make that choice. I don't want a social media platform saying, well, you can take a, on a scale of 1 to 10. You can see these 7.8 things, but these 2.2 things, no, fuck that. You can't see it. You're not allowed to be exposed to that information. No, fuck that. And that's what fact-checking does. Fact-checking empowers. Fact-checking justifies these social media platforms silencing perspectives that perhaps are adverse to the establishment's narrative. So let's get on to the detail of how this works. Fact checkers use exclusively information that comes from establishment acceptable sources. It can be from a government agency. It can be from a uh, large institution, a prestigious organization. And even if that establishment sanctioned source is 100% wrong because the fact checkers have no relevant education. They have no subject matter expertise. If the information put out by the establishment sanctioned sources is completely wrong, the fact checkers don't know. They have zero way to discern that. And that is exactly why you've seen so many inane studies during 2020 and going into 2021. The establishment knows if they pick an institution, they say, hey, you government agency or you institution over there, or you group of researchers at that university, if you create a study that says this and such, because you are an establishment sanctioned source, then anytime anybody says anything adverse to the conclusions of that study, even if the conclusions are complete nonsense, anytime anybody says anything adverse to those conclusions, then the fact checkers can say, that's wrong, that's a lie, that's false and misleading information, thus empowering the social media platforms to say, you know what, you have said so many things, whoever you might be. <laughs> you have said so many things that are false and misleading. We're going to silence you. So you see how, in a very real sense, because all of the sources fact checkers use are establishment sanctioned sources, you see in a very real sense that the information that's being removed, the people that are being deplatformed, they are those who are speaking something adverse to the narrative the establishment is promoting. And that doesn't mean that the people being silenced, people being deplatformed, the material being removed is wrong. It only means 
it's adverse to the establishment narrative. Now, it may happen to be wrong, but the fact that it's adverse to the establishment narrative absolutely does not make it wrong. If you're watching on video, from this point out, you're going to see me glancing down a lot. I'm looking at my notes on an iPad, so I apologize, but there's a lot of information, a very lot of specific language, and I want to make sure I get it all right for you, so please excuse me if I'm looking down at the iPad a bit. Okay, so we talk about these studies that are contrived nonsense, simply they, they exist for one reason and one reason only. So fact checkers can say anything that's adverse to those conclusions is false and misleading, and social media platforms can then remove the message that's adverse to the establishment's narrative or deplatform a person who consistently cuts against the grain of the establishment narrative. One such study was put out by San Diego State University's Center for Health Economics and Policy Studies. It was featured in an article by the Washington Post back in September of 2020 entitled, Worst Case Scenarios at Sturgis Rally Could Link Event to 266,000 Coronavirus Cases, study says. (laughs) That bogus study was put out by a prestigious organization. And hence, for social media platforms, that study could thereafter be used, even though I'm going to get into why it was complete nonsense, just just crap, just trash. To even associate the word science with it is to do violence to the word science. So I'm going to show you that, but featured in the Washington Post, splashed all over social media, and it's complete and utter crap. But, and here's the seminal point, The fact checkers, they're so uneducated, they don't know it's crap. The San Diego University study relied on anonymized cell phone data, then associated with or connected to test results in various locales. And how many variables does that technique take into account? And whenever you do a study, you need to control the variables. So in that equation, in the study done by the San Diego University, how many variables were controlled? Yeah, like very close to zero. Any study that does not control every relevant variable is worthless. It's trash, as I said a moment ago, and that's exactly what this university, this San Diego University study is. As I said, the San Diego University study controlled for virtually no variables at all, but there are two that leap out, and I want to share those with you. The San Diego researchers did not compare geographic areas that were hit by coronavirus infections from Sturgis with other nearby areas. For example, a county in Arizona was compared to counties in Maine and Hawaii, despite significant differences in the population. Now, That's from an analysis of the study. However, I want to show you that even the analysis is biased because it says researchers didn't compare geographic areas that were hit by coronavirus infections from Sturgis. The people that are analyzing the study to show that it may not be all that the researchers would like to have you believe it is already start from the presumption that there was an increase due to Sturgis without any evidence of that. The second one that jumps out is The Sturgis rally likely caused more people to get a coronavirus test given the numerous warnings before and after the event about potential health risk. That increase in testing, not direct transmission from people at the rally, could explain the jump in reported cases. Yeah. In terms of research, that's like nursery school stuff. That would be the very most basic entry-level variable controls you would want to install. And yeah, the researchers from San Diego University didn't even do that. 
whether it's some other <clears throat> professional analyzing the research paper by the San Diego University or just the media, they never ask the really poignant questions. I was going to say the hard questions, but they're not even hard. But they, they pierce right to the heart of the matter. You know, in body science, I talk about the fact, I quote somebody who says, and I'm paraphrasing, that the most important part about modern research is that you never actually point out that anybody else's research is wrong. At this point, I want to share with you a mock interview I wrote. Uh, this is would be an interview with one of the authors of the San Diego University Research Study Report, and we're going to use Chris, an androgynous name, so it could be a man or a woman, and everything you're about to share presumes that Chris would actually be truthful about science. Let's set up the scenario that I would present to Chris before I began asking Chris the questions. And it would be Bob, that's going to be our hypothetical infected person. Bob tested positive and saw 120 people in the 10 days before he tested positive. Of those 120 people, 19 tested positive a few days after Bob interacted with them. Of those 19 people who tested positive shortly after having a conversation with Bob, he had face-to-face 30-minute conversations with nine of them. Pretty simple framework, right? So Chris should be able to answer with sound, scientific, hard-hitting, reputable responses every question I ask, right? At this point, I'm going to ask the question, and then you can tell by the short little pause and perhaps change of tone that Chris is answering. So here's my first question. Chris, from which of the 120 people with whom Bob interacted, did he become infected with SARS-CoV-2? Well, almost certainly one of the nine. That would be the nine with whom Bob had a face-to-face 30-minute conversation. Why almost certainly one of the nine, Chris? Chris responds, because they tested positive within a few days of interacting with Bob. Hmm. Can you say for certain, and that's the key phrase, can you say for certain, any of those nine were infected at the time they interacted with Bob? No, we can't know that. Hmm. Does your response about those nine people take into account someone who was infected, perhaps minimally symptomatic, didn't get tested, and interacted with Bob? Chris replies, no, we can't factor in things of which we're unaware. Not being able to factor in what you don't know is huge. It's a gaping flaw in your projections. Given that you can't factor in what you don't know about, would it be reasonable to say that in the real world, Bob could have been infected by any of those 120 people? Yes. Okay, Chris, we've talked about nine people with whom Bob had a face-to-face conversation for 30 minutes. Yet, if he merely passed someone in a grocery store aisle and that person coughed or sneezed on Bob as they passed by, is it possible Bob became infected by a complete stranger? Yes, that's possible. Okay, so while you said it was almost certainly the nine, you're now admitting it could have been any of the 120. Can you rule out that Bob was infected from surface contact transmission? No, I can't. Hmm. 
If Bob was having intimate relations with someone who was asymptomatic, is it possible he could have been infected by that person? Yes. Hmm. So, as an example, if Bob was having an affair with someone and wanted to keep that private, you wouldn't be able to factor that in, factor in that vector, correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Let's get back to the nine people you feel are the strongest candidates. Can you tell me which one of the nine, specifically which one, infected Bob? No, I can't. Okay, if in the 10 days before Bob tested positive, he had spent time with only one person in the 10 days before he tested positive, is there a scientific method that can prove he became infected from that person? No, there is not, Chris responds. Ah, so even in a one-on-one setting, you are presuming where the infection came from because no science exists to prove your presumption correct. Is that accurate? Yes, that's accurate. Okay, if you can't prove who actually infected Bob, even in a one-on-one setting, how can you then claim to say you know the source of 266,000 infections? Or phrased another way, Chris, if you cannot scientifically substantiate even one transmission, how could you claim to have substantiated 266,000 transmissions? End of interview. Now, of course, that's not really the end of the interview. In real life, Chris would have gotten up and unhooked his or her mic and walked away probably a third of the way in because he or she would have been very, very clear where this was going. And I want to be clear in that questioning, my questions, my comments about science, the conclusions that this mythical Chris answered to are factual That's the way virology works. That's the way communicable disease science works. I did it in sort of a Q&A method here just for entertainment's sake, but all of that is factual. If you need to, go back and listen again to the Q&A. Remember, in this Q&A, the person that I'm asking questions of is supposed to be one of the study authors of the San Diego University study claiming that Sturgis was a super spreader event and created 266,000 infections across the United States. Yet, Chris had to admit, in the end, no science exists that can prove, no science, that's really important, no science exists, which can prove, even in a one-on-one setting, from where a person who tested positive actually got the virus. And that's really critical if we go back to the very outset of this presentation, which I explained that these studies exist to, I don't want to say fool fact checkers, but yeah, I I guess sort of ultimately that's what it's for. Since fact checkers are not too bright, they they aren't highly educated, they have no subject matter specific knowledge, It would never occur to one of these a-hole fact-checkers to go down and interview and ask questions such as I have to show that the authors of the San Diego University study would finally, in the end, have to admit it's all guesswork because the science doesn't exist to prove even a one-on-one transmission, no less where 266,000 people became infected. The science just doesn't exist. But the idiotic fact-checkers will never 
ask the questions that reveal bogus research and nonsense studies. So back to the main theme. These studies exist for no better reason than that fact-checking idiots can go to an established sanctioned source, such as the San Diego University report, and then claim everyone who says anything that contradicts that conclusion is full of shit, they're spreading lies, they're promoting misleading information, and they can take the information down, or they can deplatform the person. Do you understand the scam that's been played on you, you being the public, you being anyone who's on dominant mainstream social media sites. I mentioned at the outset that I don't want anybody else telling me what is so. I don't want to have somebody say, well, you can see this information. Oh, but you cannot be exposed to that information. And of course, I think it's very clear from the information we've discussed today that it's part of a plan to silence any narrative that the establishment doesn't want to have gain traction in society. If you're like me, and you want to know the real deal, and you want to make up your own mind, and you don't want to be censored, you want to see the real deal and decide for yourself if it is, in fact, the real deal, I want to encourage you to go to drreality.news. Do yourself a huge favor in two regards, the great information you're going to get, and also it helps me stay here for you. Go there and get a copy of Body Science. Get a copy of Income Tax Shattering the Myths. Get a payroll withholding guide. Get a 1099 W-9 handbook. I guarantee you, no matter what you get, I guarantee you, you're going to crack it open, you're going to read it, you're going to say, now this is the real deal. 